Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. In my role, I'm out and about in the community often, just talking to people. I absolutely love when I meet someone who speaks so passionately about what they do. You know, that person that you can start talking to, and before you know it, you've lost track of time because you're so engrossed in the conversation. Top that off with someone who is really making a difference in the community, and now you really got my attention. If someone has the privilege to do what they love and have a major impact on others, now that's a winning combination. This is the kind of thing we like to highlight on our show, to share with the community what people are doing to make a difference and then share how others can do the same. Score. Sharing of educational resources is a win-win for everyone involved, both community and individual. So speaking of scoring and winning, today we're going to talk Milwaukee Brewers. I thought it would be kind of cool to share with the community what the Brewers are doing off the field. Now, we're confident that they'll do well this season and make a difference in the world of MLB, but we also want to highlight how they're scoring out in the community. My first guest today is Katina Shaw, Director of Community Relations for the Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome to the show, Katina. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for having me. We are happy you are here today and excited. Now, when I first heard you speak at the Waukesha County Business Alliance, I thought, wow, this woman has such an awesome job. You get to go to spring training and you never have to pick up a bat or run the bases. How cool is that, right? Very cool. I'm a big baseball fan. Played myself till I was in my late 40s. Shortstop in left field. Nice. So I love the game. My daughter interned for the Brewers last year and she absolutely loved it. And I always thought I knew a bit about our brew crew, but I was actually not aware of your philanthropic outreach. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us what your role entails at the Brewers and the scope of community relations? Sure. I actually was recently promoted to VP of Community Relations and ah, Family congratulations. Liaison. So thank you so much for that. No, we're we're very proud of our community outreach. Um, my primary responsibilities is I serve as the key liaison between the clubhouse and the front office. So instead of the marketing department, um, community relations, corporate, instead of all these departments going to the players with requests, they give me their requests and I serve as the messenger. Uh-huh. So as you can Don't imagine. Don't shoot the messenger, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always <laughs> tell the guys that I'm only the messenger. Don't shoot me. Um, so yeah, instead of all these different bodies coming to the players with um, multiple requests, they give me those requests and I go in and, and make them happen. So Fun. And do you love baseball? You know, I, I love the Brewers. Okay, I, there you go. I had no idea um, how long baseball season was, yet along the, the sport. So I learned a lot about the game. I'm still learning. Very exciting world. Um, a very exciting business. I, I had no idea uh, when I first started in September, the end of September, I'm like, oh my God, when does this season end? <laughs> I had no idea. Hopefully we it goes on in and October. on, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I'm, I'm still learning. I'm learning the game. And with me working so closely with the players and their families, I pay more attention to the game. Mm. You know, I find myself sitting there watching innings, even when I'm not at work. I'm, I'm tuning it in on my television. And I'm even having my family. They're more in tuned on, on watching the game. So just a lot of excitement. We have strong Brewer fans in my family now. Oh, that's awesome. That's now, sure. I come from the... Robin Young, Paul Molitor, Cecil Cooper days, Jim yes. Gantner, you know, that's so we've been I've been going to games since way back when and 
just very, very much fun to make it a full day with your family and tailgate and the whole thing. And But we're just, uh, you know, you, the, we're starting the season. The guys are knee-deep in practices and yes. games. So what are your priorities during the season? Well, you know, um, during the season, um, I am responsible for, responsible for anything pertaining to the the players with outreach meet and greets signings so I attend all of the games <laughs> so I'm at all nice. of the home games <laughs> and um, I, I do some of the road trips if I have make a wish fulfillments or if there's a special location where we would like our players to go like if we go to Kansas you have the Negro Leagues Museum there so we try to make an outing of that okay. um, so it just it kind of varies but typically my, my day starts around noon I'm, I'm heading to the clubhouse to kind of uh, get players for marketing requests, uh, meet and greet signings prior to uh, the start of batting practice. Okay. And so for a 7 o'clock game, our guys start rolling in around noon to one thirty, And that's really my time from that, from around noon to about 5 o'clock. That's my time to really get in front of these guys with requests and, and hopefully they accommodate <laughs> them <laughs> in I bet a timely people manner. Don't, yeah, I bet people don't know that they're actually there that much before a game yeah it's it's a long day for these guys I always tell people um, even when we make community outreach uh, appearances it's usually between 11 and 1 that's when we're out there in the community never like to try to uh, coordinate anything before that because uh, if after a night game they might not leave the ballpark until after midnight and so it makes it a long day and they're usually at the ballpark they have to report by two o'clock p.m so Mm. for a seven o'clock game so it makes it a long day for them not Um, to mention they're probably hurting from the night before absolutely downtime absolutely especially our play you know our pitchers you know all the guys they they work really hard on the field and and uh, we want them to stay healthy and in good shape so when they're there they're meeting with trainers myself um so they're they're being pulled from all different directions and it's a long day for them a very long day a long day for me (laughs) sure yeah well now you get to go to spring training too right I do I actually just got back on Saturday so I was there for 10 days and that's when I get the opportunity to meet with each player individually to find out which causes he would like to support what we ask of him as an organization because we do have two mandatory events we ask the players to participate in that's our fan fest in january and then um my uh outreach initiative called beyond the diamond and it's up to the players to determine what they would like to do but we ask them to do something in the community some form of outreach and for the most part i I do get 100 percent participation nice so very proud of our guys yeah so can you share what some of the various roles are that current players have in the community you know we talked about how important that is for them to be involved so what what are some things that they're doing? You know, it varies. A lot of players will uh, lend their likeness to, you know, help promote a cause or bring more awareness to a cause or, or help promote event. Some players uh, make a financial contribution, and some players want to be hands-on um, involved with the organization. We have players, uh, you know, that support Habitat for Humanity, ARCW, um, Make-A-Wish, Wisconsin Humane Society. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on. Our guys are very philanthropic and very giving. They know that they're fortunate and blessed to be in the position that they're in and the one nice thing at spring training our owner Mark Antanasio he addresses the team and he stresses to them the importance of giving back he lets them know we everyone in this room is fortunate and blessed including himself and Mm so you know he he puts uh, the dollars where his mouth is he donates as well and he lets every guy in there I expect you to make some 
financial commitment. We're bringing in 2 million fans into our ballpark each year. Mm -hmm. And for our size market, that is pretty awesome. And so we want to show our fans gratitude and let them know how much we appreciate them. And so we're happy to say we do get 100% player giving as well as player participation. And even when our owner, Mark, and his wife, Debbie, comes to Milwaukee, they're doing something. If it's not, you know, building a playground for uh, for a nonprofit organization, they're providing serving meals or, you know, reading books to, to underserved kids. So they're very hands-on, very philanthropic family. Nice. And do you tend to keep things within the Milwaukee County area, or do you go beyond into other counties? Yeah, we, we uh, go um, do the five counties. Uh, so we go as far as Waukesha, Kenosha. Okay. Um, you know, it just kind of varies. You know, travel is can be a, a constraint for some, and it just it just really depends on, on what's going on. Um, but Milwaukee, Greater Milwaukee, is probably where we have the stronger presence. Okay, and you said before that you ask that each player have two specific organizations that they that they want to work with or two projects or well we ask them to participate in at least two of our initiatives our community outreach initiative uh, beyond the diamond where each month we're doing three to six uh, outreach activities and that includes our front office staff our alumni our wives as well as our players so I create like a slew of opportunities um, from you know humane society to children's hospital to visiting military families it just kind of varies and I go to the players and when I go to spring training that's when I find out who likes what who's comfortable with what Mm because all guys aren't comfortable with meeting make-a-wish kids or terminally ill individuals Um, some love pets and so I just try to make that connection because ideally uh, what we want when Cecilia and I meet with them the following year we can say oh remember when you went to Sojourner Family Peace Center and we served those meals to those amazing ladies that kind of resonates and they say you know what I want to donate something to them because the one thing with our guys, none of them live in Milwaukee. Okay. None of them reside here. So when the season ends, they are packing their bags and they're heading um, most likely West Coast, East Coast. So it's really for us to sell our city, show them the great needs that we have in our city, as well as the cities that they're a part of. And the hope is to make that connection so when they go back home, they can support um, that same organization, if not someone who has the the same um, issue that we have here. So it's just really making that connection, finding something that they really feel that they'll feel really good about and proud about. Yeah, and we talk again a lot about aligning your passion mm-hmm. with your talents, and um, you know, going finding out what it is that really gets you going, mm-hmm. and then take your time, your talents, your resources. And work with that organization. So that's that's great. It's nice to hear how current players are so active in the community, not only from a team standpoint, but also as individual mentors as well. So, um, But what about alumni? How are they participating in outreach? Stay tuned to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, and you'll hear how Brewers alumni are also making an impact. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Katina Shaw from the Brewers. Uh, It's so great to hear that you have a roster of alumni players involved in the community, and I understand that many are are working with the Brewers, but from an outreach perspective, and that's what we want to talk about. Can you give us an idea of some of the things that they're actually doing out in the community? 
you know, our alumni are really busy. We're very fortunate. We have about six to eight um, local alums who are still uh, in Wisconsin, and they're very involved with the Brewers. Uh, anything, they, they take part of our Beyond the Diamond initiative with helping, you know, serve meals, um, visit the guest house or military families, as well as um, in the ballpark activities. You know, they're doing meet and greets. They do photo ops with our fans. Fans still love our Gorman Thomas, Jim Gantner's, Larry Heisel's. Mm. You know, fans still love them, and we want them to you know, still have a little fan engagement, and they were such an important part to our organization. We don't want fans to forget about them, and we don't forget about them, so we try to utilize them as much as possible, and they love to come out. They love to interact with the fans. They love to engage with the fans. And And they're all local? And they're all local. Yeah, yeah. So we're fortunate to to have some of those guys still live in Wisconsin, and and we still have some who come, you know, and and visit us. Robin Yount, you know, Paul Molitor, we have quite a few. Let me know, you know those days they're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to come. I want to come. I'll never forget my first day because I'm, I'm like you. I, I remember that 82 era and my first day at the uh, ball club. Um, I was walking in with Robin Yound. At that time, he was one of the coaches, and I was like so in awe. And usually I'm pretty cool when I'm around, you know, celebrities or high-profile individuals, but I was just like in awe because <laughs> I had his baseball card. I remember a police officer giving me his baseball card when I was younger and I had to call my mom and I'm like oh my god you would not believe who I just walked in the door with and he was just so cool so down to earth you know he was talking to me like he knew me forever and it was just really exciting and it just gave me a lot of optimism with uh, what these guys are really like and they're you know average regular everyday individuals you know they just have this amazing talent that they shared with the world but when you talk with these guys and have an up-close-and-personal conversation with them, you just see that they're just as normal as you and I are. So it's really cool just to see them on a different set. Nice. Now, there's an organization, a part of the organization mm-hmm. called the Youth Outreach, mm-hmm. um, and I think you had mentioned Larry Heisel was doing that. What? What's that all about? Yeah, Larry Heisel, who's a former player of ours, um, he serves as our youth outreach manager. So Larry is at various schools and community-based organizations just talking about the importance of staying in school, getting involved in your community, take advantage of opportunities, seek out role models, and strive for excellence. Mm. And so that that's his message. It's an acronym of SCORE. Okay. Uh, so he, Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> really. You need and, to get one now for win-win. I know, right? <laughs> um, but for the most part, Larry is just a very genuine, um, amazing individual. He brings a lot of underserved kids to the ballpark, just giving them an opportunity to see things on a different light. A lot of these kids that he brings to the ballpark has never been to a game, yet alone been on the field mm. or you know been in the press box. So he really tries to give them a one-of-a-kind experience, and he's very up-close-and-personal. He also has a mentor program that he has a lot of kids that he's currently mentoring so Larry is a, 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 a he's he's like our little um, hidden treasure he mm. he hates when we you know glorify him or, or give him <laughs> so much accolades but he's just a, an amazing individual and you know he was a, a foster kid and he just has an amazing story of how he persevered and became a major league player so it's just amazing just to hear his story and how he overcame obstacles and it's great that he setting an example for players coming up through the ranks absolutely you know to look at him and say you know mentoring is important and to yeah these guys had a great um 
however many years they're mm-hmm. serving with the club, but um, they're blessed in some way. And we always talk about, you know, being a blessing and giving a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, how can these people that have given so much um, and have been given much turn around and, and do something out in the community and how important that is? That's why I thought when I met you at the Alliance uh, Professional Women's Development Network mm-hmm. event, I thought, you know, I, I thought I knew quite a bit about the Brewers organization, but I was not aware of all these ways that you're reaching out. So I think that's that's important for people to know. So I'm glad we're able to highlight that. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I understand also that you have an active group of players' wives mm-hmm. as well. So can you talk about the wonderful contributions that they're making? Yeah, our brother halves, they are, they are pretty amazing. Fans love to, you know, be up close and personal with Ryan Braun's wife or Lorenzo Kane's wife. Um, our players are so entrenched in the game and and their time is very minimum so we utilize our wives with a lot of community outreach so they too are out there you know building playgrounds building houses for habitat you know bringing young girls um into the ballpark and hosting a warm a a women in sports panel just giving them a taste of what their life is about and and just introduce the many careers that are in the world of baseball so our wives are pretty amazing and they also host a fundraising event each year where they identify a nonprofit organization to uh, bring more awareness to and raise funds for for one of their programs or services so our wives are are kind of local celebrities themselves (laughs) they get a kick out of out of it when fans ask for their autographs or ask for their photos and I tell them you are just as popular as as a lot of our guys so it's really good to see how involved that that they are and they're a little family you know like I said none of our players reside here so the women they get together have play dates and so I try to keep them as busy as possible because they're at home doing nothing and Mm. and so they want to learn more about our community and and get involved and try to raise as much money as possible yeah and whenever there's an opportunity for a to have a female presence Mm -hmm. I think that's great very you know, much so. Yeah, I think that's great that you and Cecilia Gore, who we will talk with in our next segment, mm-hmm. um, you've got prominent roles within the organization and you're, you're females. You know, yes. I think that's great. Growing up as a, a major tomboy myself, mm-hmm. and I would love to uh, uh, be involved with sports at any, any time that I could. And I think it's important for these younger girls to have more of a presence. And, you know, the wives, yes, they're the players' wives, mm-hmm. but they, they bring with that a different perspective. But like you said, they can just, uh, people know that, that, um, you know, they want to make themselves known. That's right. You know, they're not standing behind their man, you know, well, they will stand behind their man, but I mean, they will, (laughs) they're going to stand on their own. Absolutely. As As you know, behind every great man is a strong woman. And so the women are holding the fort down. They're making sure the guys are coming home to a stress-free home and it feels like home because they spend six months here in Milwaukee. So Mm -hmm. it's up to the wives to bring that home touch to Milwaukee for them so the guys can keep their minds cleared and and win some games for us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, There's so much goodness going on here, so many ways that the Brewers are having an impact in the community. And you talked about this beyond the diamond Mm -hmm. um, and the success of that. And can you talk about the magnitude and the impact of that? You kind of talked a little bit about some of the different programs, but can you help us understand the magnitude and the type of impact that it has had? Yeah, this is our sixth year um, having the Beyond the Diamond uh, Community Outreach Initiative. This is our signature philanthropic program where each month um, 
year long we're out in the community we have between three to six community outreach activities that we encourage our staff our players our wives as well as our alumni to be a part of so even when we're not playing baseball our staff is out there doing great things in the community um, from you know going to the hunger task force to you know the Ronald McDonald house I mean you name it we're out there doing something and we don't like the camera to always follow us you know we're very um, you know, an organic, philanthropic organization. So we just like to do things without, you know, getting the recognition or, or you know, the cameras always, especially our players. Sometimes they get annoyed when we always oh, have sure. the cameras. And, and I always tell them people love to see. We have to show them that you're just not winners on the field but off the field as well. So yeah. people love to see that. And now with social media, we're able to share that just with the touch of the phone and l- instead of having the big cameras always right. in their face. So we're able to still show some of the great things that they do but we are we are in the community every month uh, doing a number of things so don't be surprised when you see us with our little beyond the diamond t-shirts on. <laughs> we love to make an impact and last year we we uh, donated over 170 hours in the community doing a nice. variety of things so we're really proud of our philanthropic efforts and and we'll continue doing those as long as there's a need in in our in our city as well as our state yeah and and that's something to be very very proud of yes. and kudos to that 170 hours that's really something and and again it's it's um i think it's important i understand that you don't always want the cameras going or you know but i think as a fan mm-hmm. um it's i really enjoyed knowing that you're involved from an outreach standpoint Mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, there's tons of people flooding into, to the ballpark, uh, which is awesome. It's an awesome experience, but knowing that the individuals that we're coming to watch and we support are turning around and, and looking outward and saying, okay, now how can we support you as a community? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, so that's what we want great. the fans to see. Because like I said, we we just don't, we are always inviting people to come to our ballpark. So we want to show that we're out there in the community giving back as well. So we really enjoy what we do. And we, thanks to social media, we're able to capture more of those moments. Yeah, and that's great. Know, that's great. Well, Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but thank you, Katina Shaw, for being here today. Thank you for helping us understand how important commitment is, not only from a team standpoint, but also as far as impact in the community that these players call home, at least for half the year, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Thank thank you so much, Thank you for being here. Charitable contributions come in all forms. We talk about time, talents, treasures. We've seen how various Brewers players, past and present, use their time and their talents to make an impact. Katina shared with us all the ways that they do that. What about that third piece, treasures? Stay tuned to learn more about how the Brewers' charitable contributions are bringing those three T's, time, talent, and treasures, full circle. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Cecilia Gore, Executive Director of Brewers Community Foundation. Welcome to the show, Cecilia. Thank you. 
We talk about outreach and giving in terms of time, talents, and treasures. And all three are important, with not one being more important than the other. It's kind of like the trifecta or the triple crown of giving, right? We we learned about how the Brewers' teammates, the alumni, and their wives are giving their time and talents to give back and make a difference in our community, which is really great. But now we want you to tell us how the Brewers Community Foundation is making a difference and why you are excited to be a part of this outreach. Well, thank you very much for having me, and let me congratulate you on all that you're doing to bring awareness to the philanthropic efforts in this community. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's um, a pleasure to be here, and there's so much to share. I, I almost don't know where to start. But um, Brewers Community Foundation is the charitable arm of Milwaukee Brewers Baseball Club, and I've been the executive director for the last nine years. Okay. And it's been an exciting ride. Um, We've been able to build what I think is a strong philanthropic arm for the club. And it all started with Mark and Debbie Atanasio. When I started, they had just purchased the club, and they wanted to have a significant impact in the community. And so we formulated the brand Brewers Community Foundation. We identified a new mission, focus areas of interest, and then we set out to make a difference. And so this started with you? Yes. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. The Brewers had a charitable arm. It was called, oops, I forgot their (laughs) name. It's been so long. Oh, Brewers Charities. Brewers Charities. Okay. And um, we decided when I came on board that it was time to rebrand. Okay, nice. So what is the the mission and the vision and the the focused areas of interest for the foundation? Well, our mission is that we harness the pride, passion, and commitment of our fans, players, and other supporters to positively impact the community. And we focus on the greater Milwaukee area primarily. Okay. Our focus areas of interest are health, education, recreation, and basic needs. Oh, say that one more time. Health, education, recreation, and basic needs. Okay, that covers pretty much of everything, right? (laughs) It does. It's very broad, but we made a strategic decision to continue to have an impact in a broad way because we raised about, last year we probably raised over $5 million. Wow. And we raised it from our fans, our players, and other supporters. So I thought, and the Atanasios felt that it was important to have all donors see themselves in the strategy. Okay. And so we decided that it made sense to go broad and do as much as we can, utilize all of the resources throughout the club, but have an impact in those critical areas of interest. Nice, nice. So give us an example of how many organizations you support. We support about 200 organizations annually. As I mentioned, last year we were able to raise about $5 million dollars. Our grants average around 10000 Some are much larger, some are smaller, but the average grant is about $10,000. We also utilize the resources of the club through our Brewers Buddies program, which provides tickets to nonprofit organizations. I serve on a number of committees and boards. We partner with Community Relations and Katina's efforts through her Beyond the Diamond program. Okay. And so we kind of complement each other. I get the money, she gets the time. 
Uh-huh. Well, that's a nice way to put it, it's right? A, yeah, it's a good way to do a one-two punch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, they talk time, talents, resources, or time, talents, treasures. That kind of brings yes. that all together. Yep. Can you talk about some of the organizations specifically that you've had longstanding relationships with and the the impact that you've had? Sure. Of um, those, you know, you said 200 yep. organizations yep. and roughly $10,000 grants. Yep. So. I'll, I'll point to one that we do a little bit more for, Sojourner Family Peace Center, for uh, example. Everyone's familiar with them. They yeah. do an amazing job. Of Had them on the, inter- oh, on really? the radio, actually. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Um, I serve on their board. Okay. And... Um, the brewers have had over a 25-year relationship with mm-hmm. Sojourner. W- the wives raise money for them. We provide grants. Mark and Debbie Atanasio have given a significant contribution for the new facility that they have. So we're all in with that organization. I would also point to uh, Ronald McDonald. I always tease and say they need to change it to the brewer's house ah. because we've had contributions financially, contributions from our players we've built a play structure a peace garden art therapy room quite a bit of support for that organization along with operating support we've built playgrounds Mm. um, a number of playgrounds throughout the community we've done field restoration so I think that the money we have is strategically placed with organizations that we know are doing great work and serving a critical need and um, it's exciting to be a part of it. That's awesome. Now, you talked about, uh, well, Katina was talking about in the previous segment how she has 100% particip- participation from the uh, the players. Now, you were saying that um, uh, we're going to get more in-depth about funding, but I'm, I'm curious about from the players. You know, they, Katina says that she talks with them and tries to understand better what they're uh, passions are so that she can align with uh, align an organization with them, and uh, you're going to talk more about the as I said the funding in the next section. But I'm curious about participation from the players. I mean they're they're being pulled in so many different directions. Certainly they're busy during the season, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know how the different things that they're doing. Uh, for example, with the Sojourner House, what might they do? What might something? What might be an example of something that they would do in that? Regard? Well, Katina and I both came back from Arizona. I think she mentioned that she was just down there. We were both there for 10 days. We sit side by side and we just cut to the chase. (laughs) She asked for your time. I asked for your money. (laughs) And I have a a wonderful little folder and inside of it, there's a payroll deduction form along with a letter from the Major League Players Trust. They have agreed that if any player makes a contribution, that they will match it up to $2,500. So I ask players for money, any amount that they would enjoy. As you know, with fund development, they always say if the people that are involved and and that are closest to the organization give 100%, then it's easier to go out and ask others. Oh, sure. And so I'm thrilled to say that for the last five years now, I've been able to get 100% giving from our players. Isn't that fantastic? So each one sits down, and I don't ask for a specific amount. I just say I want you to give Yeah. because we have a very generous community. People are excited about our team, and they, they love hearing that the players are willing to you know, take their wallet out and give a little exactly. money as well. Yeah, and it starts from f- starts from there. Like yes. you said, when people know that or understand that the players are giving, it makes yep. it easier for everybody else to uh, to give as well. But that's 
that's nice to hear. That yeah. I mean, the players are more than willing to just open their wallets, as you say, and, and yeah. give. I would lift up Ryan Braun quickly. Mm-hmm. He has been a consistent giver since I've been there. Mm-hmm. And um, he has four organizations that he embraces. And he gives a identified amount of money to each one. And then he steps up in a variety of ways to have a bigger impact. So, for example, with Habitat, he'll make a financial contribution. He'll ask all of his teammates to join him for a a build of one of the houses that we partner on every year. They'll go out, they'll do a press release, they'll interact with the family and people that are volunteering. So it just makes for a very meaningful um, contribution. Yeah, and actually, you 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 say that, and he's you know he's a veteran. He's been around the club yep. for many years, and so he can then serve as a mentor for exactly. some of those newer guys coming through the yep. system. Yep. You know, this is how it's done. Yep. You know, obviously, you never want to force something, but when the play a player can see the joy that it gives another player, mm-hmm. that then they may be more uh, more interested in giving. You know, we love to see bottom line impact and, you know, how an individual or, or an organization has made a difference in the community or in the lives of others. So I appreciate you sharing the ways the Brewers Foundation is working with these organizations and how they're making a major impact. But many people are curious about funding. You know, who's involved in raising the money for the foundation. You talked a little bit about that before, but we'll learn more about that after the break. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm sitting here with Cecilia Gore, the VP of the Brewers Community Foundation. Um, so we talked before about funding, just a little bit, and a lot of people are, are interested in, in uh, how you get your funding. We know that it allows you to do your work, right? Um, they want to know, how are you funding all these initiatives and projects? Well, this is one of the most exciting things that I get to talk about. So we mentioned 100% giving from the players, and that's my starting place. Every year in um, February, we go down to spring training, and we ask every player to give money. From there, I'm able to come back to the community, and on opening day, we launch our 50-50 raffle. The 50-50 raffle is a simple process. Many people are involved with it in their churches and other community groups where we sell a $2 raffle ticket. The only twist on the Brewers is that we sell a $2 raffle ticket to over 3 million fans. Mm. And so last year we were able to literally sell more than $2 million in 50-50 raffle, which means 50% goes to winners and the other 50% comes to the Brewers Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. So that generates a significant amount of money for us to give away to fund organizations in the area of health, education, recreation, and basic needs. We also get a contribution from our principal owner, Mark and Debbie, at Tanazio, and all of our investors. So that's another layer of 100%. Mm. And then we do a number of events, a 5K run walk, which is being held in July. We do a benefit bike ride in August. Oh, in see, I'm May. not familiar with those. Okay. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of exciting things that we do to attract participation from people. In May, we do a, um, we call it a an, ult- an ultimate auction. 
and we identify 17 experiences that we put online that people can bid on. So it's a trip to Arizona. It's a pitching clinic. You might have an opportunity to bid on a suite or do a meet and greet on the field and shake hands with Christian Yellick or Kane or one of our, our positional players. And people love that. So that generates money as well. And then we, um, we're always selling something. We have a bobblehead day or mm-hmm. we'll do a clearance sale and let go of some of the things that we're holding in the warehouse. But again, last year, over $5 million. So yeah. it's, it was exciting, exciting year for us. Very exciting. Uh, do you have stories to share, like an example of some of the players that, you know, some of the things that they're involved in? You would mentioned uh, Ryan Braun last segment. Yeah, you know, and, and this was outside of our community, but I was very, very proud of our players. Ryan, Christian, Mustakas, a couple of the other uh, players and and front office people and investors that supported California Strong. Oh, yes. That was led by our players, and they live in Malibu. Mm. You know, obviously they have access to resources, and they saw a need after the fires in California where they pulled together and they decided they were going to do a celebrity softball game, and they were going to pull together the auction items, and they were going to roll up their sleeves and raise money. And I think they raised... Let's say it was more than $5 million for that community. And so I think that that happened. And then there was an unfortunate shooting in Christian Yelich's town. And um, they raised money, money for that as well. So when they came back this year, I think they had a different sense of what it meant to believe in the community. Yeah. So when I sat down and talked to them individually, I had some conversation with them about how they were feeling, and they really had a different sense of how important it is to give back. Yeah. And then obviously I was able to relate the kinds of challenges that we have in our community and why it was important for them to be supportive here too. And I have to say this was the easiest year mm. to get players to say, yes, I want to do something. And it makes a big difference when, I mean, they went off and did this on their own. Yep. They weren't being asked to. They weren't coerced in any way. They Mm -hmm. just did it on their own. And then they were able to really see how gratifying it is to to help and, and to how much out. work <laughs> yeah and then like you said they come back and they're even more passionate than ever to find okay how else can we can we help yeah you know it's wonderful to see public figures out in the community making a difference um what about 2018 in particular how much money did you raise last year we raised over five million dollars last year okay so i know you'd mentioned five million that was last 2018 in 2018 okay. yes 2019, Um, it would be great to do the same. The only thing that I have to say is we have to go to the playoffs. If we go to the playoffs, then that extends the time that we can sell 50-50 raffle. That also increases the interest people have in donating. And so, obviously, we'll make more money. So I have my fingers crossed. Instead of having that one game left that we didn't win, Uh I'd like to see us go all the way. Well, it was exciting last year because I mentioned to Katina that my daughter was an intern uh, at the Brewers last year. And I remember, you know, she would come home and say, oh, my gosh, I was walking down the hall, and there was Ryan Braun, but we're not allowed to get close to him. You know, we have to stay our distance. (laughs) But she would go back to Madison, and um, her boss would say, you know, we're, we're playing again. You know, can you come back? And. 
it was just really exciting. And she just, the energy that she said was in the stadium, you know, it just really gets the, the community going. It's, it really does. Yeah. It really is exciting. It's a special feeling. And I think people just embrace the team. They look at the kinds of things that we're doing in the community. They want to be a part of it. And it, it, it's just heartwarming. I've had more people that call and they say, you know, I, I'll never forget this young lady who had a bat mitzvah. Oh. And she contacted us and she said she loved Ryan Braun mm. and that she didn't need any gifts. So she asked all of her friends and family to write a check to the foundation. Oh, wow. And Wonderful. we put together a gift bag of, of course, any and everything that she would ever want from Ryan Braun, a T-shirt, an autographed baseball, his bobblehead, all kinds of things so that we could show our appreciation for this young lady who decided that she wanted to donate. Oh, so wonderful. it brings out some really interesting ways that people want to help. Creative. Yes. You know, it gets the gets you thinking, yep. you know, some of the different ways. And that, that, that leads me to my next question. So we, the listeners, lovers of baseball and supporters of the Brewers, um, what can we de- do to support you and the organization? Well, first and foremost, when you come to the game, make sure and look for our 50-50 sellers. They have bright orange T-shirts on. They're friendly, and they've got rolls of raffle tickets, $2 each. And you have an opportunity to win half of the day's pot. And so we ask that everyone purchase a raffle ticket. The fun thing about the raffle, in my opinion, is whether you win or not, everybody's winning because you're supporting the community. Right, right. And those dollars are 100%. We don't take any administrative fees off. We just take the money that we raise with the raffle tickets and we give it to the community. So that's an amazing thing. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have events like a 5K run walk. We have our benefit bike ride in August. You can always go online and press our Donate Now button and just make a contribution. You could also connect us to organizations that might need our help. So not only um, do we need people to give money, but we also need people to connect us to nonprofits that we might be able to support. Now, having said that, we can't support every organization. But it's good for people to stay connected. We try to be open-minded. We try to look at what the needs are, what kinds of things that we have to support, and then where we have flexibility, we try to increase that support with others. The other group that I didn't mention are corporate partners. We have what we call a leadership council, and there are 10 organizations that have provided $25,000 contributions to the foundation annually. And they allow us to give that money out as well. And they are our leadership council. They are aware of the kind of work that we do in the community and have agreed to collaborate with us with this pool dollar so that we can continue to support a number of organizations. Very nice. Now, if there is uh, someone out there that uh, would like to recommend a nonprofit to you, do they get a hold of you? Do they go online and submit uh, an application? How does somebody go about doing that? They can do it either way. Um, But if you hear about Brewers Community Foundation and you know of an organization, you could recommend that that organization goes online and looks at our grant application, which is at brewers.com slash BCF. 
Okay. And um, they could read about our mission and our focused area and uh, the kinds of things that we have funded in the past. And then they could also send me a note. Okay. I also meet people in the grocery store and <laughs> in other places throughout this community, and I'm always happy to answer questions. Great. So how would they reach out to you? They could reach out to me through the brewer's office, and um, they can call 902-4000, okay. and they would be directed to me. But I think the best way is online. Okay. And uh, just reaching out via email? Email. They could do that. Okay. And our grant application is tied to our email. So I I get those grant applications. Okay. So a number of different things that we can do. So, okay, people, make a day out of it. Go to the ballpark. Support our brew crew. Now that you know what goes on beyond the diamond, as Katrina says, um, you can share that with others, too, and share how the team and the alumni and the wives uh, are paying it forward and also how how the community is stepping up to the challenge, too. So go brew crew. Hashtag brewers care, right? Thank Um, you. So thank you for being here today, Cecilia, and for sharing with us, uh, helping us understand about the Brewers Community Foundation. I appreciate that. And thank you for all that you're doing as well. You're absolutely welcome. I also want to thank Katina Shaw again and uh, Cecilia Gore, uh, the VP of the Brewers Community Foundation, and Katina Shaw, VP of Community of Relations. So thanks again for sharing how the brewers are reaching out and giving back. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. If you're not by a radio to hear the show, uh, you can do like the millennials do and find a way to listen using other technology. You can tune in to the show via the iHeartRadio app or by asking Alexa to play WISN AM 1130. And if you've missed a show, no worries. You can just visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired interviews. Join us next Sunday morning to learn more about some great people who are doing great things in our community and find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.